Good morning, real life family and friends and visitors. So glad that we could be together today. And I want to encourage you today as we are continuing in our series called Build Yourself Up. Build yourself up. And I want to encourage you to do some spiritual exercise to make yourself spiritually stronger. Okay? This series started last week and we talked about uh, how the Word of God is one of those spiritual exercises that we need to use to build ourselves up. But it, the series started with a couple of verses out of Jude. Jude chapter 1, verse 20 and 21 says, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. In other words, while we are waiting for Jesus to return, until that time happens, we need to keep ourselves in God's love. And so this verse, or these verses tell us to do that, we need to build ourselves up in our faith, right? And we need to be praying in the Holy Spirit. So these are some of the tools that we're going to be talking about in this five-week series called Build Yourself Up. Now, um, this, this particular summer, uh, is a crazy summer for me and in uh, my family because we're trying to make up for all the lost time from last year and all the vacations and trips that we missed out on. Uh, I know a lot of people are traveling and, and coming and going a lot. And uh, as I looked ahead to this summer and all the different trips that we were looking to do, uh, I'm doing some trips with some of my, my kids, some of my family, some of my friends. Um, and I'm a very physical person. So uh, we're doing some hiking. We just got back from a trip uh, a week ago out at Zion National Park. And there's amazing, amazing uh, national park up there. We did a lot of hiking and 100 plus degree weather. Uh, also, I did a, a golf outing with some friends and some people from church and did 135 holes in a weekend. Uh, and also, I've got some running challenges I'm doing and some other types of physical trips coming up. And as I was looking ahead about three months ago, looking at all this activity I had to do, I thought to myself, I got to get in shape. I need to build myself up so that I can enjoy all these activities and fun things that I have in store. So I started to run a little bit more than I'd been running. I started to do some push-ups, some crunches, and I started doing all these physical exercises, right, to build myself up. So the question I have for you today is, do you think there is such a thing as spiritual strength? We all know about physical strength. We know if we want to get stronger, we need to do physical exercises. But do you believe in spiritual strength? I believe this passage and many others in the scriptures tell us there is something called spiritual strength, that you can get stronger spiritually if you are exercising spiritually. Right? And so that's what this series is all about, is there are things that we can do. We don't have to do these things, but if you want to be in shape, right, spiritually, if you want to be strong spiritually, if you want to be better equipped to do what God's called you to do and less vulnerable, right, to the attacks of the enemy and to temptations and to other struggles and problems that we go through, you need spiritual strength. Can I get an amen from somebody? Come on, amen, right? We can be stronger in the Lord. And that is our memory verse for this week. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Um, try to memorize this this week. It's a short verse, and it simply says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Okay? Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. And we want to live a life that we are strong in God and we are feeling His power so that we can overcome. 
because we are made to be overcomers. You know, when you are uh, not spiritually strong, you're more vulnerable to temptation, right? When you're not spiritually strong, you're more vulnerable to deception. When you're not uh, more spiritually strong, you're more easily defeated in life and by the enemy. You're more easily offended or discouraged. And so we want to be strong. And I want you to be strong. But to be strong, we need to do spiritual exercises in order to be spiritually strong. Okay? So like I said last week, we started talking about how the Word of God helps build us up. And when the Bible says build yourselves up, you know, we have tools to do that. And the first tool we talked about last week, or our first spiritual exercise or discipline, is to daily devote ourselves to the Word of God. And we talked about how to read the Bible. And I hope that you uh, uh, watch that, that message and that you're putting that into practice. Every day, we're getting God's Word out to grow. Romans 10, 17 says, Then faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So when you are reading and studying and speaking and listening to the Word of God, something called faith comes upon us, and our faith gets stronger, it gets broader, we learn, we grow, we, we, we sense God, we, we connect with His presence, He speaks to us, and it builds up our faith, okay? So we need the Word of God. Last week, I just, in a quick review, I, I mentioned the difference between some people viewing the Bible as a rule book and how I, and I'm encouraging you to view the Bible as a life book. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's about how to be fully alive, how to experience what Jesus said He came to give us, abundant life, life to the full, life overflowing. And as we to the degree, I'll say, to the degree that we are able to align our lives with God's Word through the help of the Holy Spirit, we will see increased measure of that abundance in our lives. Okay? And that's my heart and desire for you, for you to be uh, just filled with the abundance of, of life because of God. And uh, the Bible tells us or shows us how to have a relationship with God, teaches us the way to live life abundantly. It equips us to do what God's called us to do. It transforms us into the image of Christ. And uh, last week, I, I went through a short uh, method called the devotional method on how to read the Bible. Just a quick review. There's only four simple steps. We pray and we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And then as we are reading a passage of Scripture, we meditate on that and we churn on it and we repeat it and we think about it. And it's called I call that um, like thinking digestion, right? We need to squeeze the nutrients out of what we're reading and what we're looking at until God speaks to us. That's meditation, right? It's digesting in the mind these thoughts until God speaks to us. So that's step two, meditate. Step three is that we write down our thoughts and the application we're going to make to our lives. And step four is we memorize a part of that scripture uh, or that verse uh, so that it sticks with us and we can share that with other people. Okay, so I hope that you're doing that. Remember, the key is application. We read or we study in order to learn, in order to do. Not to just get information up here in our heads, but to get it transferred into our very being, into our hearts, into a, a transformative place where it becomes who we are. It's all about application and transformation. That's why we read the Bible, to meet with God, to hear from God, and to have God assimilate into us His will and His ways and His truth that sets us free. Amen? All right, so that was last week. 
Watch that if you haven't had a chance to do that. Now, this week, we're going to look at the next tool and talk about prayer. And today, I want to talk about how to pray. And before we get into how to pray, I want to talk about kind of some of the Hebraic understanding of the word pray, prayer, and that sort of thing. So we get a really good understanding of what prayer really is. Because we all know different things about praying and prayer. But today, I want to just kind of go right back to the roots of what do the words really mean in Hebrew so we have a clear understanding. Then I'm going to go go through a bunch of different ways to pray, and uh, we'll just kind of learn some things there, okay? Uh, But the goal is not just to learn. The goal is to actually do. So today's challenge, this week's challenge, is to ramp up our conversation time with God, to pray to God this week. We need to spend time with Him. It's good for us. It strengthens us. It builds us up. And then next week, and then the next couple of weeks after that, we're going to be talking about the third main emphasis of the series and how we are strengthened, and that is through life in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to spend three weeks on different aspects of the Holy Spirit and how to live life to the full with the Holy Spirit being the leader and the guider and the empowerer of our lives, okay? So today, let's talk about prayer. So to start with, I looked up some of the Hebrew words about prayer, and this is the first word I want to show you. Okay, to pronounce this in Hebrew, again, from, uh, you know, from right to left, uh, it's pronounced palal. And this is a word uh, in Hebrew that means pray, palal. And uh, the ancient pictures here, there's really only two different letters. This is the same letter repeated again. Um, and this first letter is pay, and it's a picture of a mouth, and it represents to speak or a mouth. And then Lamed is, again, a picture of a shepherd's staff, and that represents authority, or the one who teaches, or the one who protects. And because it's repeated twice, there's a special emphasis of authority in this word. So one way to understand the, the meaning of this word would be to speak with your mouth to the one or the ultimate in authority. And who is that? It's God. So the first main point I want to make, I got five main points about the Hebrew understanding of of, uh, this concept of prayer, is that prayer is speaking, right, with our mouth to the one in authority, the great one in authority. That's why it's emphasized that is God. We pray to God, okay? So that's my first point. Prayer is speaking to God. This is what Jesus had to say about it in Matthew 6, verse 6. When you pray, go into your room Close the door and pray to your Father. Pray to your Father. Pray to God, right? Who is unseen. And then your Father, who sees what is uh, done in secret, will reward you. And so we are to be praying or talking to, with our mouth, God, right? We do not pray to saints. We do not pray to uh, charms or lucky objects. We don't pray to the stars, to the moon, to the sun. We don't pray to the dead. We don't pray to spirits. We pray to God, to God alone. That's what prayer is, okay? That's the only prayer that you'll see in the Bible. We are praying to God, all right? Matthew 6, 9, Jesus said to us in teaching us how to pray, the first line of the Lord's Prayer or our Father is, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name or thy name. So we are praying to Father God, our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name, right? This is what Jesus taught us and how to pray. Okay, that's point number one. So we speak with our mouth with, with God or to God, who is the one in authority. All right, the second point I want to make is another way of looking at this would be this. Um, the same letters, the same idea, but it might, might be give us another perspective of prayer is we speak with our mouth with great authority. All right. I also think that this is true of, of what praying means, that we are speaking with our mouth with great authority, if our authority is Jesus. Let me explain it this way. I'm going to use Jesus' words when he said this in John 14, 14. He said, you may ask me anything in my name and I will do it. What is Jesus saying? When he says in my name, he's saying in my authority, in in accordance with my character, because I am the Son of God, you may pray on in my authority, in my name, according to the will of heaven, and it will be done. Wow. So praying is not just praying to God, the one in authority, but it's also praying with authority, because in the name of Jesus, there is no greater power in heaven or on earth than his name. Can I get an amen from you on that? And we see many scriptures in the Bible, where Jesus is conveying this principle that he has given us his authority to speak heaven's will to be done on the earth. Let me give you another example. Mark 11, chapter 22 to 24, Jesus says, have faith in God, believe in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Isn't that awesome? Jesus said, listen, I am giving you great authority here. In my name, you could advance the kingdom of heaven on the earth by praying prayers according to my name, according to my will, and it will be done. Hallelujah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So that's point number two. Our main point number two is prayer is speaking with great authority. Number one, prayer is speaking to God. Number two, prayer is speaking with great authority that Jesus has given us. All right, I got a longer word to show you here. And uh, this word is the word prayer. Okay, that word palau is pray. This word is prayer, and it's pronounced from here uh, right to left, tefillah, tefillah, okay? And it has, uh, it has five letters, uh, but kind of this is uh, actual, this yod here with this, dot down there is actually acting as a vowel in this, in this word, and it's not one of the key letters. So I'm just going to explain these four letters here. Tav, on the right, is a picture of a cross, okay? Pei, again, here is a mouth or means to speak. Lamed, again, is the picture or the representation of a shepherd's staff, which means authority. And then Hey represents grace or behold and look. Now, if we just kind of Again, subjectively, you just kind of put some of this together and get a feel for what prayer is or tefillah in this sense. I, I get excited when I see these types of things. I, this is what I see when I look at this. From a perspective of what God has done for us at the cross. And the cross is a covenant sign, right? And so from the covenant promises of God that Jesus secured on your behalf and on my behalf, when I speak the promises of the cross, or if I'm referring to what Jesus has accomplished for me at the cross, with authority, it releases the grace of God. 
This blows me away. Prayer, right here, prayer is speaking with great authority the promises that were acquired for me and it releases the grace of God. Will The will of heaven is released unto the earth when I am speaking out what God has done for me with authority that Jesus has accomplished at the cross for me, for this situation, grace is released. Isn't that amazing? Tefillah, tefillah, tefillah. That's prayer. Now, um, this is really exciting because that means, my main point here, is prayer is releasing heaven's will to the earth. When we go to a store, we have to have something to get something out of that store. Okay, We can't just have a good attitude. We can't have good intentions. We can't just uh, be popular. We need something called money, right? We have currency. We have to give money, whether it's through a credit card or cash, uh, debit card. We have to give the store money in order to gain or get something out of that store, right? Now, what is the currency of heaven? We don't go to God with money. We don't say, hey, God, up in the storehouse of heaven, there's peace, there's healing, there's provision, there's wisdom, there's enablement, there's power. How do I get that? God, how much money does that cost? How much money does that cost? God, am I popular enough to you? Do you like me enough? Will you, get, you know, how do we do that? The currency of heaven is prayer. It's prayer. It's going to God in prayer. We are going to pray to God. There's great power in our prayers, but we're going to go in the name of Jesus and we're going to go with the promises that Christ himself has secured for us on the cross and we're going to speak out those promises with authority and it releases heaven's will on the earth. The currency of heaven is prayer. When Jesus said, pray this way, thy kingdom come, God, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's saying, this is how you pray. You pray and you go to heaven with prayers and you pull down heaven's will into the earth. Prayer is the currency of heaven. That's why we should be praying because we need to see what God's will is and we need to bring that will down into our everyday lives, right? That's why prayer is powerful. That's why prayer is effective. That is, that is our job is to be a, current, uh, a, uh, a conduit of, of heaven's will being done on the earth. So I hope that blesses you. It really blesses me. One last word. I'm not going to overdo it with the Hebrew, but I, this is kind of the most Hebrew I've ever done in one message. But I'm going to give you one more word. This one looks crazy, I know, but I'll pronounce it. It's heat palalti. And in the middle, you see the pe lamed lamen. That's the word for prayer. Again, this word here, hit palalti, means I prayed. I prayed. I prayed. And this is a, an interesting word because in the beginning, this heat is a type of a verb form in the Hebrew language that could have two different meanings. One of the meanings of this word here in this particular tense is um, reciprocal. Okay? It's a reciprocal form, which means this. When I say I prayed, I should in this context actually be saying some words that aren't necessarily there. I'd be saying to understand it, I prayed with. Well, I prayed with who? I prayed with God. So when I look at this word, really what this is saying is it doesn't just say I prayed. It says I prayed with God. What does that mean? This is reciprocal. That means I 
talked and God listened and God talked and, uh, and I listened and there was an exchange. You see, reciprocal means that, that both parties are giving, right? There's an exchange of, of ideas or talking or, or stuff. When it's reciprocal, you know, and you got a reciprocal friendship, that means, oh yeah, I, I help them out, but they help me out. It's reciprocal, right? It's healthy. Now, this is what this word means. Every time in the scriptures, in the Hebrew language, the verb for prayer is being used and someone prayed, it's in this form and it's reciprocal. That means they met with God and God met with them. And when they talked and God listened, God also talked and they listened. And this just blows me away. So many of us think that we're praying to a God who we hope heard our prayers. Or we have this thing where we just got to pray these prayers or hit the formula right. And we hope that God heard and we hope that God does something. And it's like there's a disconnect. But the real word, the real root word of prayer here is there is no disconnect. When you're talking with God, God's hearing you. And you need to pause long enough to listen because God's talking to you. This is the real meaning of prayer. This is a relationship, not a religion. This isn't, uh, you know, some magic formula or rub a crystal ball and say some words or cantation and then poof, you get what you want. No, this is you meeting with God, God meeting with you. My simple challenge before I move on to the next point is this. Do you ever pause long enough to listen to God speak to you in prayer? It's prayer, something you do with God, not to God. Not at God, not just into the air or up, up into the sky, but you meet with God. You talk with God. And when I say uh, you talk with God in English, we understand that means you're also, he's also talking with you, right? Well, I say, uh, did you talk to him? You know, if we ask somebody, hey, did you get, talk to so-and-so the other day? That means they talk together, right? And that's what prayer is. That's what the Hebrew language is saying. When you pray, you're talking with God and God is talking with you. I really hope that changes your mindset and helps you see how intimate God wants to be in your life with you. So this, this main point, point number four, is prayer is an exchange with God himself. Okay, prayer is an exchange with God himself. Okay, it does not mean that I just talk to God or at God, but I'm talking with God, right? And prayer is a conversation with God where I'm sharing, God's sharing. We're talking and listening to each other. It's, a, it's just an amazing. Okay, my last one is there's another possible translation to this word. And the first one I just covered was reciprocal, but it could also be reflexive, which is very interesting as well. So this word can also mean, while I can say technically I prayed, what reflexive means is I prayed. It doesn't mean I prayed to myself, but it, I prayed and did something to myself. Okay, and here's how the Jewish um, people understood this. They understood that when you pray, you're actually self-evaluating, right? So when you pray, you're actually aligning yourselves up with God's will, and you're evaluating where you've fallen short. And if you've fallen short, you repent, you return to God, you alter yourself, you change yourself to comply or come into alignment with God. We call that repentance. And so for the Jews, when they, when they think of prayer, they think of a time where they are, they are self-reflecting in the eyes of God, 
How I would describe it is that prayer is spirit-led self-evaluation that leads to our transformation. It's like a meditation. It's like an evaluation. But God himself is speaking to us in prayer at times where we see we need to change an attitude, where we get wisdom for something that we didn't know before, where in this relationship with God, there's something that's happening that's changing our lives. Sometimes we see something we need to repent of and change and realign with God. And that's one of the dynamics that I'm trying to expose to you in the very original meaning of the words in Hebrew. And that's my fifth point. Prayer is spirit-led self-evaluation that leads to our transformation. Isn't that beautiful? So why should we pray? 1 Peter 3, 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their prayer. Isn't that good to know? That God hears and acts on your prayers. Right? Why should we pray? Because God's listening, God's hearing, and God is acting. Remember, prayer is the currency of heaven. Right To get heaven's will to be established on the earth, we need to open our mouth with authority, with the backing of the cross, the promises of God, the covenant blessings, and proclaim and receive the will of heaven on the earth. Secondly, James 5.16 says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We all know that prayer is powerful and effective. It has created miracles in our lives. We see its effect. It's without prayer, there's no power. But with prayer, there is power. There's impact. It makes a difference. It changes hearts. It changes circumstances, right? Heaven's will comes. So why should we pray? Because there are some miracles that need to happen. There's some heaven that needs to get to the earth, right? There's some freedom that needs to happen, some healing that needs to happen, some restoration that needs to take place. And so that's why we pray. Also, we know that the pattern of Christ was to pray often. Luke 5.16 says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. We see how much Jesus prayed. And listen, if Jesus prayed regularly and he's the son of God and he was without sin, how many of you think we might need to pray regularly, <laughs> right? I mean, it's a no-brainer. Christ modeled this lifestyle to us and he often would pray and talk to his father and get directions, wisdom, strength, guidance, everything he needed. In fact, so much so to the degree where he once said, and he maybe said this many times, he said, I only do what I see my father showing me to do, right? And I only say what I hear my father telling me what to say. I mean, wow, that's how he lived his life. How did he get all that information? Through prayer. When did God speak to him? Through prayer. Right? That's what prayer is, right? The exchange with God. So Jesus is talking to his Father, and the Father is talking to him. And he's giving him guidance and wisdom and insight and direction. He's also giving him emotional strength, soul strength, physical strength. God is blessing him and encouraging him and building him up so Christ could do what he was called to do. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is praying with the greatest fervency of a, anybody could ever pray, so much so the Bible says he was sweating like drops of blood. His prayers were so intense. Why? Because he needed the strength. He needed to build himself up. He needed to know that this was exactly God's will for his life. He needed to know that what he was about to do was the exact right thing that God wanted for him to do. And he asked for God's help. He asked for his strength. And the angels even came and ministered to Jesus through that prayer and strengthened him for what he needed to do. 
Remember, this whole series is about building yourself up in your faith. How do you build yourself up? Prayer. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. We need to do it too, okay? Now, if you have some notes here, if you can get them online, I've listed 12 different types of prayer. There's no way I could teach all of these. I'm going to go through them very quickly. But I want to encourage you to, to maybe take some extra time on your own, go through some of these a little slower, and think about them, and see if you know these are different examples that you have used in your life in terms of prayer. And then in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to t pick a couple of these specific ones and really teach thoroughly on those so that I can equip you. We can all be equipped with just the power of, of how, how to see the results of heaven on the earth. Okay, so here's a whole list of them. The first one uh, that I have listed here is worship or adoration. And that just simply means praising God for who he is and what he has done. Psalm 103 verses 1 through 5 is an example when the psalmist says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So that's an example of praying to God and just worshiping him and thanking him for who he is and what he's done. The next one is lament. In fact, we have an entire book called Lamentations. And it's just expressing our difficulties and our emotions to God. You know, God knows what we're going through. We don't have to fake it with God. We can be absolutely real with Him. You know, so that's why I love our name, Real Life, because we're not trying to be religious. We are real people. We have real problems. We have real difficulties. And the Bible is filled with people, like you and me, expressing these feelings to God. Anger, depression, confusion, uh, all kinds of emotions, all of the emotions. Here's just one example. Psalm 88, verses 1 through 3. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I am overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. So the psalmist is like, I, I feel like I'm going to die. I've got so much trouble. I'm crying out to you. Oh, God, where are you? Would you hear? Would you please hear this, this, this prayer? Would you please answer me? Would you please come and save me? Right? Have you ever felt like that? Yeah, of course you have. Can you talk to God like that? Of course you can. God's not afraid of, of our pain or our difficulties, and it's not a surprise to him either. And he's big enough right, to handle that and to guide us through it and to strengthen us and comfort us. So we always have God that we can lament to and, and, uh, and cry out to, right? The third one here is thanksgiving, giving thanks to God. I'll simply say a couple verses on this one. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks, right? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So we know that we are to be praying and giving thanks to God and rejoicing. Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The fourth one is one that I think most people think about when they think about prayer, and it's, it's really just simply petition. It's making requests of God, right? And the Bible gives us permission to make requests of God. Here's an example in Philippians 4, Verses 6 to six and 7, excuse me, says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, 
with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And this is what's going to happen. Whenever we're concerned about something, worried about something, confused about something, God says, don't worry about it. Don't, don't get stressed out about it. Give it to God in prayer. Give your request to God, and this is what will happen. And the peace of God, the shalom of God, which transcends your mind, doesn't make sense, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that is a great verse for you and I to hold on to and remember because it's true for every situation we go through. Okay. Fifthly, there's a, there's a type of a prayer of deliverance, asking for God to save and deliver. Here's an example. Psalm 3, verse 7 and 8. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. F from the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. <laughs> Sometimes we just need a prayer of deliverance, a prayer of salvation. Another prayer is contrition. This is repenting for sin and returning to God. Kind of like what I was talking about uh, in my fifth point about uh, one of the words that I prayed. Remember, it could be reflexive and we're, we're looking at ourself and we're evaluating ourself and we're repenting. So contrition is another word for that. Psalm 51, 1 to 2 gives us an example. And it says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. And the psalmist was repenting. David was repenting for sin, right? And that's, that's a prayer that we need to do when we fall short, when we become aware of something that we need to, to change and to uh, repent from. Another one is guidance, seeking God's guidance and wisdom. I do this all the time. I'm always asking for God to show me the way, to open my eyes, to give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I might know Him better. And so here's another example, Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5. Psalmist says, Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. This is also the kind of prayer I ask you to pray. Uh, when you open the Bible and say, God, please show me the way, teach me your word, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your law, right? Direct me, God. So we pray this prayer every time we open up the Bible, something like that, right? The next one is intercession. And this is really praying on behalf of other people in other situations, not just personal prayers and personal concerns, but for other people. And the Bible tells us we should be praying for uh, our other believers as well. Ephesians chapter 6, 18 says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So when you are praying for other people in other uh, situations uh, that you know of or you've been asked to join in prayer, that's called intercession. You are interceding for someone else. You're going to God and asking for God to move in someone else's situation, someone else's life. And we need to be doing that for one another all the time. Every week in our church, you can fill out a prayer request and you can turn that in. And we have people behind the scenes that get that email the next day, read your prayer request, and they intercede for you. They pray for you. We do that for each other. Awesome. It's awesome. All right. Another type of prayer we're getting through the list here is agreement. And that is when we pray with other believers uh, you know, together we are agreeing uh, for God's will to be done, and it and and it's a powerful prayer. We do that on Sunday mornings, 
Um, you can pray with people anytime, but even on Sunday mornings at the end of the service, we have prayer teams. You can come and you can agree with somebody, do the prayer of agreement, pray for a situation together. And Jesus says this, uh, you know, in Matthew 18, 19 to 20, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything that they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in, he in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Where two or three gather in my name, come together in agreement under my name and my authority, I'm going to hear that prayer and I'm going to move on your behalf. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, another style of prayer is called the prayer of faith. This is found in James 15 and 16. It says, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. When we pray the prayer of faith, and the prayer of faith is simply this, you are trusting in Christ to do the work. You're not trusting in yourself, your own intellect, your own charisma, your own ability, your own knowledge. You are simply going to Christ, you're going to God with the covenant promises of God, and you are believing that God is there and He's able and He's going to move on someone's behalf. That's called the prayer of faith. Now, the next two I'm just going to mention briefly, and I'm going to teach on these last two in a couple of weeks. One is warfare. A style of prayer is known as spiritual warfare, and that is taking authority over evil and spirits. But it's not really prayer, but it's kind of in the category of prayer because you're not praying to evil spirits. You're, you're, you're praying, you're, you're actually more declaring uh, the authority of Christ over the situation. This is what the Bible says, and I'm going to teach on this more, so I'm not going to get into it too much right now. But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people and one another. It is against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay? So, how do you defeat spiritual forces? Well, you can't do it with physical means. You have to do it with spiritual weapons. And our spiritual weapons are the Word of God, right? And the Holy Spirit and prayer. Okay? So, that's how we do that. I'm going to teach you how to do that in a couple of weeks. Jesus also said this in Luke 10, 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, which are demons. Okay, that's a, an analogy for demonic, evil, fallen spirits. To trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. I have given you that authority. And so warfare, spiritual warfare, is taking that authority over the evil spirits You know that, that are... Coming against you or your family or your situation. And the last one I want to mention is our spiritual language. This is a type of prayer, and we're going to talk about this as well in a few weeks. This is praying in a heavenly language. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 to 15 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? Well, I'm going to pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding or with my mind. So Paul is saying, I'm going to pray in my mind so I understand what I'm saying to God, but I'm also going to pray in my spirit with my spiritual language, even though I don't know what I'm saying, my spirit does, and I'm speaking God's perfect will to be done in my life, and I'm building up my spirit. might not be building up my mind, but I'm building up my spirit. And we'll talk about that again in a few weeks.
So anyway, let's just summarize it by saying this. The most important thing I want you to take away from this message today is that prayer is not just a religious activity. Prayer is you and I getting a chance to have a conversation with God, to meet with God, right? And it is the currency of heaven to release the will of God into our lives. Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. And prayer isn't just giving God a a big list of to-dos. It's not that. It's a relationship. And in this relationship with God, we begin to hear Him speak to us and change us. We begin to get wisdom and guidance. We also can give our petitions to Him and, and walk away with peace upon our hearts and our minds. And so this week, I want to challenge each and every one of us, whatever your level of prayer has been, let's just take it up a notch. Let's do an extra set. Let's build up our spiritual muscles. This whole series is about building ourselves up. And prayer is power, right? Prayer is power. And God wants you to be powerful. Remember our verse for this week, finally be strong in the Lord. And in, what does it say? Oh, I got to look it up. So I have it memorized differently. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. All right, Ephesians 6, 10. So let's memorize that verse. Let's pray more this week. Go through some of these different ways of prayer and and challenge yourself to try each and every one of them this week. And let's just have more conversations with God together. So let's end this with a prayer. And my first invitation here of this prayer is for those of you who want to get right with Jesus, to give your life to Him. I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me And give your life to Jesus. Receive His forgiveness for your sins. Welcome His Holy Spirit into your life so you have the power to live this abundant life Jesus came to give you. And so if you're watching this right now and you said, man, I want want to be right with God. I want to be forgiven. I want to know real life in Him. I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Well, then pray this prayer with me, okay? Lord, we come to you today. We thank you that you love us. You died for us to give us life eternal. So now pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I place my faith in you. I believe that you came from heaven, that you lived a sinless life, that you died for my sins and and the sins of the world, and God raised you from the dead and seated you at the right hand of the throne. And as I place my faith in you today, that all of my sins are forgiven that I'm a new creation in you. And I welcome you, Holy Spirit, to fill me, to give me the power that I need to live this new abundant life in you. In Jesus' name, I pray and trust. Amen. Amen. And I just want to pray a blessing on you as well for you who are watching that God would just inspire in you a more hunger Uh, and drive to just connect with him throughout this week, okay? And I'll end with our blessing. God, we just thank you for this great and awesome tool, currency that you have given us to be able to come into the throne room of heaven, to come into heaven itself and release the will of God to the earth. And so, Lord, we pray for all of us to have a greater hunger and capacity to pray this week and to see heaven released into our lives and into our community, into our church, into our families. 
in Jesus' name. Just lead us and guide us this week. May we be stronger at the end of this week than we began because of the disciplines, the exercise, the spiritual workouts that we are going to put into practice. Thank you, Lord. We love you and we praise you. And now, God, may, may you continue to bless us. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in his name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you. Have a great week. Get in the word and shoot some prayers up to heaven. Let's bring heaven down to earth this week in his name. Amen.